Welcome to Change Making Women, the podcast for women who make a difference. With Siada Bade in Dar es Salaam, Tanzania, and Marianne Clements in London, in the UK. So, hi everyone, and welcome back to our another edition of our podcast, Change Making Women. Um, my name is Yada, and I'm podcasting from Dar es Salaam together with Marianne. Yeah, and uh, I'm Marianne, uh, podcasting from London in the UK. Yeah. Okay. So um, this week uh, we're going to touch a little bit on what has been happening online. Um, hashtag Me Too has really been trending for the past week or a week and a half, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken. A bit longer. And it's yeah. Longer, yeah. And it's really been trending, and people have really been talking about it. You have news outlets that have been covering it, and so on. Um, Me Too that hashtag and uh, the person who started it. Um, what's your take on it? Okay, so I, I did a research to look at how it originally started because this hashtag has been being used for some time by, um, I think it was started by a woman in, in the US who is called, uh, what's her name? Tanya Burke, I think is her name. And she um, she had started it in, in her work with survivors of sexual violence. I think it started with girls, young women. And um, so, so they had this concept, I think even a number of years ago, maybe 10 years ago. And it was kind of like about saying, you know, when someone shares a story of, she's not called Tanya, she's called Tarana, sorry, I should get it right. Um, so when someone's telling you a story about some kind of sexual violation or rape, like we can talk about it, the spectrum of what that might mean, but some kind of attack or assault, um, and just, you know, um, saying, you know, me too, as a kind of statement of solidarity, yeah? Saying like, something like this has happened to me too. Yeah. And mm. so what happened in actually happened a few weeks ago now, yeah, was when the story broke about the number of actresses that were accusing Harvey Weinstein, who's a uh, movie producer, of um, some kind of sexual assault rape. There are a number of cases against him now in a number of different territories. When those stories broke, this hashtag, which had been around, I think, and people had sort of been using it and it had been around, it kind of went viral. Mm -hmm. So you had like women all over um, the world hashtagging this thing, Me Too. And I think somebody had deliberately kind of taken on Tarana's original concept. And I think it may have been one of the actresses started it. And then other people started, you know, adapting it and making it their own and, you know, adding something to it. But it was all with this hashtag, Me Too. And so... Um, the, the impact of this is that it sort of demonstrated the extent of the problem and I think it's really I mean you, you can talk about like so so this came from a um, colored woman in a, a woman of color in in the in the United States and from her organization and the work she was kind of doing with 
with young girls and it's sort of been adopted by kind of mass media and you can kind of question you know why is it suddenly you know now a time to do that and why is it now that actresses are saying that they've been sexually violated that suddenly it's something that everybody's interested in you know why aren't we interested in each and every woman who experiences some kind of attack and also I think as this thing took off um it wasn't just about you know rape or rape by someone you know someone like Harvey Weinstein but it's it you know it's it's a bigger story than that about how many women have felt vulnerable to you know sexual attack in the workplace or you know like some kinds of inappropriate comment touching you know that doesn't necessarily progress to a full assault or something you would think of taking to a court of law but still is that you know experience of being harassed right and um and so people started putting this on their timeline and your mind got full of me too right mine got completely full of it because when you start thinking about your life, very many women, perhaps most women, have some sort of experience, you know, where they felt like unsafe, where they felt like they were, you know, being in some way um, harassed sexually, you know. So maybe, you know, it became, so the scale of the problem is, was made evident really by this thing. And we already knew about the magnitude of the problem. There's plenty of research about it, right? And there's a, a big project that was started by a woman in the UK called Laura Bates um, called Everyday Sexism Project. And a lot of what's on that, which is like a website where you can anonymously put in your story. A lot of what's on there is these, um, you know, stories about sexual assault, rape, you know, sexual violation, all, all different kinds of violence um, that women experience and other kinds of sort of gender-based kind of um, discrimination are on there as well. But a lot of it is this stuff. She's been collecting those stories for years now. Um, but, um, but when you see it kind of, an interesting thing about things that go viral on social media is once you, you, you kind of really get this, there's this impact when you see so many women sharing these stories at one moment in time and it's in a way it's ironic that it was it had to be some kind of big movie producer you know and all the actresses who suddenly come out and say stuff that they've been afraid to say but I guess it kind of created this moment right and the mm -hmm. interesting thing here in the UK is that it's led to some other questioning and um, in particular um, questioning in our parliament around um, MPs and whether their behavior is appropriate with other you know women in parliament and with women that work with them in parliament and a couple of people at least one anyway has had to resign his position and so forth because of and they're, they're not all allegations of rape I should point out you know they are many of them are you know um, allegations of inappropriate touching or inappropriate kind of behavior that, that doesn't necessarily go as far as as rape um, mm. anyway I think it's really interesting that, that you can have these moments in time now with social media where something blows up and actually if you had been a campaigner trying to create that you you know you might have spent years and it not take off but somehow these things come together at a point in time where there's this story that's in the international news about a particular individual 
and uh, and it's and, and it's making you know the top of the newspaper because some of the people that are alleging he's abused them are uh, famous as well mm, mm, and mm. suddenly you get the sort of impetus for a moment that then you know leads to for example the MPs in the UK really having to examine what behavior is appropriate and, and take up cases that have been hidden as well and I'm sure there are other examples of that around but those are the, that's the one that I'm most aware of right now. Mm. So I think it's interesting and I think like you know it's almost like we never quite know you know mm. <laughs> what the next moment is going to be when there's going to be like an ability to sort of take action about something or, or, mm -hmm. or action's going to happen through these viral moments. But my question will be then is action actually being taken or we're just seeing these um, reactions on uh, social media, women coming out and speaking, you know, finally, some of them finally speaking out using social media. Um, I don't know, um, in, at least you've been following this, uh, you know, very, very closely, excuse me. Um, has, is any action being taken? So what I would say about it is I think so first of all, when people sharing their Me Too stories, right? I think like that wasn't necessarily a request for specific action to be taken. It was like a demonstration of sort of solidarity, as in this kind of thing has happened to Me Too, and also um, kind of trying to illustrate how prevalent this problem is, like how many women have an experience of feeling harassed. Mm. as a result of it yes in the UK right now there are things happening that wouldn't have happened you know so there are stories coming out particularly at the moment in relation to the parliamentary sphere there are stories coming out about women who have been harassed and um, there are some allegations of rape and within our parliament mm. and they, uh, you know they're they're being taken seriously by the government and that moment in time is it's really interesting to me that it goes from a situation where these women who are now coming forward felt like they wouldn't be believed you know felt like there was nothing they could do literally you know a few weeks ago because this moment is created in this sort of viral way the, the impetus to share stories comes and the and the, and the sort of movement kind of grows from there and things do things some things are happening now that's not necessarily to say that um the landscape will entirely shift and it's still the case that very many um uh very many rape cases are never you know no one is ever convicted of them and so forth like it's not it's not that you know suddenly there's you know this massive change of everything but i do think that it's really interesting when you get a moment like that to sort mm. of see how it emerges and also think about like the fact that if we were trying to do that, you know, if it's, say you're campaigning on a different issue, say something really matters to you, right? Mm -hmm. you, never, you never quite know when that moment is going to emerge, right? You never quite know when something's going to go viral that's directly, you know, related to something you're working on. Yeah. They sort of come out of almost nowhere. You know, it's like nothing new happened except that some some allegations started to come to the surface about a particular okay. individual, and then you know, 
everything else is just people reporting and things they were keeping quiet about or sharing stories that they were keeping quiet out in this sort of like viral moment. I find it fascinating. <laughs> and, and the problem is so pervasive that, um, that it gathers momentum like that, you know, because most women have an experience like this, you know. I do think there are issues with it. I think like <laughs> women shouldn't have to feel that they have to share these things for a start, you know. I don't think it should be like you must share your stories. Yeah. Um and I th and I and I think, you know, a viral moment is one thing and like you said like what's changing. Well, you know, in our parliament some things are changing. Some people are losing their jobs and that kind of thing. Yeah. That's important, you know, it sort of sets some sort of tone about what's acceptable in our at least in our country at this moment in time but um and and it's i think it is progress but it's also there is also then the question for like people that have been campaigning about these issues for a long time and you know it's it can be hard going and it can be difficult and often there's like you know very few cases actually get as i was saying you know if they get to court many of them don't succeed and all that kind of thing of the more serious cases and still there's mm. this culture amongst you know uh, uh, in many in many places there's still a culture that sees sort of a mild sexual harassment as kind of acceptable right yeah in many places in the world i don't know maybe we could talk about tanzania <laughs> okay what do you think like do you think that uh many women have an experience of not necessarily rape but like um and but but you know sexual harassment of some kind um to be quite honest i haven't been following very closely when it comes to uh when it comes to this um even for for Tanzania as well. Um, so yes, you will hear, you'll hear stories, you know, being covered here and there, but they're not really as prominent. You know, I stand to be corrected, but they're not as prominent as you would think they will be, quite honestly. And that's just my opinion because again, I, I, I haven't really been following very closely as to how the state of the country is when it comes to, you know, um, sexual assaults or rape or any, any, um, anything along the line. Interesting. So like, yeah. my guess would be that most, very many women have experienced these things. And I'm guessing that not just because of my own experience of living in Tanzania and people that I know and that kind of thing, mm. also because that's, seems to be the experience everywhere in the world like that's one of the things that me to demonstrate you know mm. that very many women have some kinds of experience where they feel uncomfortable you know in some kind yeah. of situation usually with a man it could be with another woman right as well yeah um, but where they have a situation where they feel that in some way someone is asking something of them sexually that's not okay mm. you know? mm -mm. and I think like what the um, what people are trying to do with saying the Me Too thing was simply to kind of highlight that because it's because, like you say, it's very often hidden, and I think that's true. It's true here as well. You know that it that those these are very often hidden things. They very often aren't something that anyone, you know, takes 
to complains about anywhere or takes to court or necessarily gets any support with but they still impact our lives as women you know the sense of feeling unsafe around certain people or the sense of like an example that maybe like some of the examples that are coming out of our parliament and what I can think of myself from like a working environment in the past is are, are like really simple things where like simple but still they impact you you know where like I I had an experience of somebody that I um worked with a long time ago when I was you know like young newly graduated or whatever was I newly graduated or around that time anyway um and there and like and this is uh, is uh, so it's, uh, it's probably this is not really sexual harassment but it but these are some of the cases that are coming out in Parliament are a bit like this. So I hadn't really ever thought of this as harassment. But there was a guy that I used to work for who, you know, would sometimes kind of touch you in, just like kind of be in your space a lot, you know, and maybe touch you on the knee or like, you know, there's like, it had that kind of um, over physicality that was inappropriate, you know. So it's not, it's, it, it, even things like that, you know, we sort of take them to be like, okay, well, that's just what life is but actually that impacts our lives as women if, if men feel able to do mm. that we don't feel able to say actually no you know I don't think it's okay for you to 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 do that or I don't think it's okay for you to maybe speak to me in a certain way yeah now you, uh, this guy that I worked for also used to used to say this thing like um he'd go you clever little thing when you did something well right and it was so condescending and degrading, you know, and they're sort of accompanied by this over familiarity with your space, you know, it kind of really did feel like you were sort of being closed down in some way, you know, but, um, and, and some of the stories that are coming out in Parliament are about, you know, someone's inappropriately touching someone's, you know, knee or body part or something. Um, and, and that just feeling like inappropriate to the context in which you're working with someone. Um, and obviously it goes from that, which is like really, you know, might, you might call like the one end of the spectrum to, you know, to rape cases and, and, and be, you know, and, and violent rape and stuff. But um, yeah, I think the whole, the, the point of the hashtag is just to kind of highlight what a big hidden problem it is, you know. So maybe when we look at Tanzania, we might say, you know, that it's likely that that's the case. And in fact, I think there's documented evidence that that is the case right that that um that um sexual violence is a problem right in in our societies and and so i think that a viral moment like this can sort of help us to begin to speak a bit more about these things you know yes absolutely absolutely i mean uh, at the end of the day what we you know what i'm seeing from this campaign um it's the fact that women should be courageous and speak about these things, they should report them more often. Because even if you, if you, if you look at other countries and their statistics, um, let's say African countries, um, you find that the number of these reported cases are lower than the actual cases themselves. So you, you know, most of the time it's just, um, most women just don't, don't report, report these cases. And, uh, what the Me Too campaign does is just giving women that encouragement and that empowerment to actually speak out and, you know, and say, and, and just tell it as it is, you know, not to, be, not to be afraid of the outcome of, you know, 
whatever it you know whatever it is that they're going to say because at the end of the day they need to report you know they need to report all these incidents um i mean it takes of course it takes courage at the end of the day you know it takes strength to even go there and stand and report and you know and, and i'm I'm quite sure, you know, most of the time when you read about them, it's just women feel humiliated, um, they feel embarrassed to even go report it, you know, and what the outcome of it is going to be. So instead of just going through all that emotions, they would rather just not report it and just go through the emotions on their own and move on with life. Absolutely. With their lives. So, you know, so looking from outside, I just feel like this campaign is, is much needed and I think it came at the right time. Um, and, you know, hopefully more women will come out and, and speak out and, you know, tell their side of stories as well. Yeah, and I think, like, there's one thing which is telling your story and I totally relate, like I've definitely been in a position of preferring not to speak about things that have happened to me. And I think I totally respect people's decision to do that. I think when en masse people indicate like I've had an experience like that, you know, me too is just saying I've had an experience like yours, right? Then I think it does give us some sort of like comfort in sort of knowing that mm. we're not alone. And I think that if that can, can as you know as is beginning to happen in the UK be translated into some action in different spheres you know like mm. people actually calling in to account people who you know whose behavior has been you know unacceptable and 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 that kind of thing then I think yeah I think it's a good thing I think it's an you know it has good potential so will you be following more closely and see you know uh what's going to what the outcome of the campaign would be yeah i mean i think i, I think there wasn't a campaign that had like a particular strate strategy it just sort of grew organically and that's what i think is interesting about it from the point of view of uh if we're campaigning about other issues is that sometimes these moments kind of come out of nowhere and just happen and that's really what viral stuff is isn't it like it's unpredictable because mm. if we knew what would make something go viral everyone would be doing it all the time and then it wouldn't work kind of thing so um but I'm definitely tracking what happens as a result of it and it's quite easy to track it in the UK at the moment because it's pretty high profile mm. um but definitely yeah I, I, I definitely am because I'm interested in yeah. this and, and I work with quite a lot of women who work on these issues so yes yeah. I went into my Facebook feed and I saw like most of the women I knew were sharing just me too not necessarily sharing a whole story just saying me too and I thought yeah I can do that you know that's actually a simple solidarity act you know I don't have to share all the details you know and I think yeah. there's something about that that's powerful on mass like it's not necessarily powerful for me individually like for me individually it might be like just a sort of a moment and then if I if I'm in the position you know, which I'm personally not, but people who might have done that, who, who might be in a position where they need support and help with a specific issue that they need to address at this moment in time in their lives, it's not particularly helpful for them just to be able to say me too. It doesn't, you know, they, they need deeper support. They need, you know, um, someone to work with them and help them and support them. But I think that in those moments, um, the en masse, the sense of solidarity can be helpful to sort of move conversations forward at the sort of cultural level as in like can we shift this sense of secrecy you know 
Mm. Like, how does that happen? Well, it happens by lots of people going, actually, I, I don't need to be secret about this anymore. Yeah. No? It's a fascinating. Absolutely. Phenomenon of internet. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the power of social media. The, 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 the sort of like unpredictable power of social media. That's what I'm going to call it. Yeah, yeah. And it's through social media that you see a lot of changes nowadays. Um, you know, it, it could be that one one way or another, but there's a lot of, you know, social movement that, that goes on online as well. Um, and it's incredible. You know, it's no longer just about, social media is no longer about just connecting people, you know, and coming there and, and talking to each other, but it's actually a lot of things that are changing through social media so it's it's an amazing platform whichever platform it is but just having that network and the fact that you know you're no longer just individual countries but when you're online you're like one big massive one country. world right yeah like you're just world. one world it's like this one huge village and you know um once something starts trending and everyone else picks it up it's just amazing Mm, that's right yeah. it is it is yeah. and um and uh, it has amazing potential and also of course great risk <laughs> yeah but it's it's yeah. been interesting to talk about that campaign and i think we should it'd be good to keep tracking it and just see what comes out of it and uh, absolutely absolutely along the way yeah yeah no i think just that a viral moments like this aren't everything but there is some peculiar power in them. And like you said, that, that goes across borders. And I think that's something it's good to be aware of at this time. Yeah. In the mm. history of our planet, if you know what I mean, because that's never been possible. It's not really. Yeah. It's a very recent thing. <laughs> it couldn't have happened when we were kids, right? True. <laughs> no way. True. <laughs> And our theme tune over and over was written and performed by Eleanor Brown, who you can find at eleanorbrownmusic.com.